Hello and welcome to Take 18, a podcast where we love to talk about movies because, well, we love movies. This show is produced by the Central Coast Film Society. My name is Daniel Lair, the founder and executive director of the Central Coast Film Society. And today we have a very special guest joining us. That is the lovely Bo Derek. She will be here shortly. Uh, I'm also going to be joined by our president of the board for the Central Coast Film Society, Riza Georgie. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on out there in the world, just in case you've been cooped up too, <laughs> too much inside. So uh, happy to talk about all that fun stuff now. If this is your first show, I want to have a special thank you and welcome uh, to the show. Um, I hope you check out some of our other past shows. Uh, we've got lots of really awesome content. This is only our 12th episode, and already we've had amazing conversations with stuntmen, uh, a visual effects producer, writers, directors, and cameramen. Um, some big names out there uh, that these guys have worked on. It, it's really amazing. Uh, just check it out, and uh, you can hit subscribe to find out when our new episodes come out. And throughout this podcast, we're always going to be looking into movie news, um, reviews, you know, if we ever get to go back to movie theaters again, and, uh, of course, interviews. And we'll be doing filmmaker takes to just talk about how movies are made. Um, so with that, we've got a jam-packed full show today, so let's dive into it, and we'll welcome back Riza to the show. And we are now joined with Riza Georgie, our president. Hello, Riza. Hey, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm hanging in there. I'm uh, really, really wanting to go to the movie theater. And yeah, I, me too. <laughs> I can't. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're getting through it. We are getting through it. I keep driving by uh, Parks Plaza and Beelton expecting the, we're open fine, but it's I know. I know. There's a lot of rumbles about things starting to open up soon, hopefully, fingers yeah, crossed. But drive drive ins yeah. are gonna start reopening really soon. So. I I think that's brilliant. And drive through uh drive throughs, not drive through. You don't want to drive through the uh drive in. No. no, that's bad. Um yeah. the drive in movie theater is uh it's so much fun and, and it's really cool that here on the Central Coast we've got a couple of them actually. Yes. Um I'm we got the one I in Santa Maria. In Galita. Galita, I think, just closed uh, last year, actually. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. So we got San Luis and Santa Maria. Yep. I have not taken my kids to a drive-in yet. So I'm Me neither. Very excited when they do reopen to go see a film there. You know, I, I, I take that back. I did take Amelia when she was just a baby because we didn't know, like, you know, how, what are we going to do with baby, you know, the, this baby when in a movie theater, but we're like, Hey, we could do a drive through. And you know, if she starts crying, well, we're in our own car. So it's totally fine. Right. Um, yeah. I remember when we worked at Parks Plaza in high school and, People would bring in their infants to a movie, like a you know a horror film. It just really surprised me. Side side note to everybody listening: Rise and I did work together in high school at Parks Plaza Movie Theater. As did Chris Manigault, our other yep. board of director. And it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Chris! It is happy birthday. I don't know if we're going to be airing this on his birthday, but we're recording it on his birthday. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so what have you been watching during this whole quarantine stay-at-home shutdown? You know, 
it's it's been a a mixed bag. It's just kind of what's your what's your uh, feelings? <laughs> you know, some days it's uh, I I need an action movie to just watch. You know, as much uh, uh, just violence as possible and and blood and guts and gore. And uh, we did. Uh, I actually had not seen Get Out, and I just watched that the other night. Um, so uh, and that was okay. I was just okay. I, I wasn't like blown away by it. I I think it's a solid two and a half stars out of five right. um it, it was okay it was yeah um I introduced my kids to home alone nice yes nice um, nice so they're both running around the house like macaulay culkin you know arms waving screaming that setting setting up booby traps and all that sort of stuff Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then we just watched Maleficent on Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, the second one. There's that a, was a really- okay. I gotta say, there's a really fun show on Disney Plus right now called Prop Culture. Um, okay. and it's a lot of fun where, uh, there's this prop collector and he's going through and he's, uh, checking in with all these old movies and, and finding all these various props. And it's a lot of fun to kind of see like, um, he reconnects the props with some of the old uh, actors from the movies. And one of the ones that I, I loved, it was a, uh, they did a Roger Rabbit one with Christopher Lloyd actually. And, and they went okay. to Santa Barbara and filmed it at, uh, I, I, I'm guessing it's his house there. And, um, but it was this whole, they gave him his, his costume that he wore, you know, like his hat and everything. And he just like, right. he turned on that smile and you're like, Oh my God, he has not like that character is still a part of him. <laughs> i've been watching the disney insider um and it you know goes from everywhere from costumes to you know behind the scenes at disney world or disneyland and um you know how they keep the ink the same that they used um you know in the 1950s it's so neat it's it's a really good exploration through their world well, I yeah, I I've spent my time in uh, the Disney behind the scenes uh yes, there, so I've I've I kind of got that. Yeah. Um, okay. We have to talk about uh the reopening of Disney though so- sometime. Um but yeah. Bob Iger was talking about uh, requiring masks to go back into the theme parks and you know, while I know that people that are um in and around China are, are used to wearing masks. Um here it's not so no uh, no ingrained in our culture yet and Um, and the other thing that i'm worried about that is you know i used to work at disney world and just the idea of people with masks on all day out there in that heat and humidity like i don't i i think there might be some issues like people would drop like flies on a really hot day no matter what you know and then you add that to it it's it may not be the best idea <laughs> i'm not sure how i'm gonna convince my five-year-old to yeah keep that too for hours upon hours of the day yeah. when she can barely get through you know a five minute run through the grocery <laughs> store right <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah that's gonna take some um that's gonna take some work on their part i think but i do like the idea uh that bob was talking about was the temperature checks when you go into the park um, and just, you know, having people, the last time I was there was kind of the beginning of the COVID. Um, it hadn't, um, well, they say it hadn't come to uh, the United States yet, but uh, 
you know, every time we got off a ride, we washed our hands, or if we weren't near a bathroom, we used hand sanitizer. So I think that's just a really good idea. Yeah, you know? and I actually, I was at Disneyland literally the day before they announced that they were shutting down, and they already had signs everywhere saying, please wash your hands, please wash your hands, and um, they had extra hand sanitizer everywhere. It was it was kind of like, oh, okay, they're they're doing stuff about it, and, and you okay. did that to, to take care of yourself. Um, obviously right. I, I, I went there March, this was like March, like 15th or something. I was there and, okay. um, yeah. And I, I made it out. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was Bob Iger, Bob Chapek. Okay. I, can I just say something real quick too about, cause Bob Chapek is the, uh, the CEO, the guy got named as Bob Iger's replacement. So it's like Bob right. and Bob, uncle Bob, uncle Bob. Um, right. <laughs> and all I can think about is office space. You know, when he walks in, oh. I got a meeting with the Bobs, <laughs> Bob, Bob, <laughs> like that's all I can think about. Like that's how everything has to run at Disney now. It's like, Oh, hi, Bob, Bob. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. Is so funny. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe... We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so we have a really, uh, amazing guest today. And I'm so excited to talk yes. to her in a few minutes. Yes. Um, you guys, legend, legendary Bo Derek is going to be with us. Yep. And talking about her rise to fame and everything in between um, her pet projects, literally pet projects. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm just so excited. So. Uh, yeah, Bo's been around for a while, and uh, I, I, you know, pretty much a household name back in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, and um, in the nineties because well, of you course, know, as a nineties kid growing up, um, I loved, loved everything, um, you know, Chris Farley and David Spade and Chris Rock. You're just talking about Tommy Boy. I am talking about Tommy Boy, um, <laughs> and. You know, watching Tommy Boy and seeing her as the villain was my first real introduction to Bo. Um, and I just, I want to know what it's like to play villain. So I can't wait to ask her some questions. Well, I think it's always fun to play the bad guy because it's not, I mean, hopefully that's not something that you are every day, you know. No, so, of course not. so you get to step out of your comfort zone and, and exactly. just be evil. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I want to ask her what it was like to work with Chris Farley and Rob Lowe in this. and um, Dan Aykroyd. Yes, Dan Aykroyd, of course. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yep. So what are what are you excited for to talk to her about? Just kind of like. I, yeah, the 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 co-stars like she's she's been with some amazing co-stars. I mean, even in Ten, where it's you know Dudley Moore and Julie Andrews, uh, right? Uh, I mean, you know Tarzan, uh, Richard Harris. You know, it's you know the, those stars are huge. They're legendary, and so just to hear kind of her stories and and what's happened and all that stuff, I I think that's going to be really interesting to hear. Yep. Well, you guys, um, hopefully we'll get into it in a few minutes, um, but I know uh, we actually just put out a, a challenge on Instagram and Facebook for a 30-day film challenge, you know, because you need something to keep you busy while you're at home. 
um, until these stay-at-home orders are lifted. So I hope you will participate with us. It's been fun. I'm on day four. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I think day four is like you have to have an, a film with a number in it, and I almost ten. But then um, 10 Things I Hate About You came up. Okay, and that was that. kind of yeah. one of my all-time favorite movies, you know, as a tween teenager. Um, I mean, who doesn't love Heath Ledger, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyways, I invite you to participate with us. And, and, uh, and of course... Go ahead, no, no, I was just going to say, and another fun thing, if you haven't done so yet, please check out our previous podcasts that we've done, um, because yes. just looking at a roster of who we've talked, did you talk, did you listen to uh, the last one we did? I did. Yeah. Uh, the one with Paul and the uh, talking about doing stunts. I mean, he like that guy, that guy, he's done some stuff like that. <laughs> I was riveted the whole entire podcast. That was fun. Having worked with so many amazing actors and being an incredible, like, blockbuster films, like any of, of the Avengers films. Yeah. You know? I mean, he was Loki stuntable in the Avengers and all the right. Thor movies. Like, it, that's huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wish I could just be a fly on the wall. Um, you know, I don't know about stunts. I'm probably, you know, not good at leaping off buildings and, you know. Well, I'm great at falling. Fire. It's 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 all about landing, I, I think, is the problem. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> no, but Paul had some great stories and how he got into the business. Oh from... That was ridiculous. <laughs> I, know, like, I was like, no, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, good stories. Go, go back and check that episode if, if you haven't stories. done that yet. Yeah. Great stories. And then I also adopted a a couple seniors at my um at our alma mater at Seminas uh high school go pirates go pirates um and i got the book from chris stodder the daring decade which talks about um influence movies of the early 1970s so this volume in particular is from 1970 to 74 and i kind of want to read it first before i give it to my senior um <laughs> who's going to be studying film at chapman yeah. um in the fall but um i, I probably flipped through it for sure well um, yeah and, and uh chris was on one of the earlier podcasts as well talking about it and then of course you know he's got a, another book a follow-up volume two which is the last half of the 70s which ironically that's where this movie 10 comes into play so exactly. yeah it's uh so we'll kind of talk about that with Bo I think here in just a minute and I really think the 70s like um started paving the way um for actresses like her you know oh, for before sure it was, um it, they didn't really show a lot of skin before <laughs> and then the 70s movement came along and um you know women's live and it just it I think it just really changed the scene of cinema um, and definitely sex sells. Uh, yeah. Well, Shakespeare knew yeah. that too. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by Bo Derek. Bo, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Well, how are you guys? I'm great. Thank you so much. And 
yeah, thank you for for taking the time to to call in, and uh, we're we're so honored that you that you're here talking with us today. So very honored. Not at all. Not at all. So, Bo, you, you got to tell us, how did you get started in this crazy, crazy world of, of Hollywood and everything? You know, I had a pretty amazing start. Uh, my father in the 60s had a motorcycle shop and he started supplying motorcycles to movies. Really? So, Bye Bye Birdie, um, um, Little Big Man, he actually... I have a picture of Dustin Hoffman using motorcycle, obviously not in the movie, but to yeah. run around the set really? and get out to location and back. Yeah. And uh, he started, he and my mother started a friendship after Bye Bye Birdie with Anne Margaret and her husband, Roger Smith. And they became friends. Roger had children. We were all this, there were four of us, three of them all same age. So, um, I sort of grew up that way wow. with uh, Margaret and Roger and her, her children in my life. Then as we grew up, I, my mother and father divorced in the, probably the 70s at some point. And my mother started working for Anne Margaret. She was incredible. She gave my mother this incredible wow. opportunity to you know, be a single working mother. Yeah. And uh, so in the summers when Anne Margaret was performing in Las Vegas at Hilton, um, we would live at the Hilton in Las Vegas with our mother while she was working for Anne Margaret. Wow. I don't know. I'm trying to shorten this. I'm sorry. But when I was 16, after Anne Margaret's first show, because they used to do two shows a night then, um, I was backstage and a friend of hers was a. Uh, film agent and thought I was pretty and asked if I wanted to be in movies and I said yes having no idea what I was saying yes to and uh, I, I was very shortly thereafter working wow so yeah it was crazy and I had done a little modeling for my father because my father worked for really fun companies motorcycles sailboats windsurfers so for um for instance there are some old instruction manuals for hobie cats and windsurfers huh. and i'm demonstrating putting the mast and the rudders <laughs> doing everything so that's um, really funny it was it was very much a california lifestyle growing up with this huge splash of glamour from Anne margaret Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, and so then from there, then you jumped into to film and, and, and that, I mean, uh, obviously 10 is one of your, your early, you know, kind of big yeah. breakout moments. Um, what was that like? Did you have any idea kind of what you were getting into at the time? I didn't. And I think that was now, I know that was a blessing. Um, my yeah. ignorance of, what I was getting into, I honestly just showed up for work and felt that, okay, it's Blake Edwards. He was the director, writer, everything of the movie. And I worked with him a little and I just sort of turned myself over to him. And if he thought I did a good job, I was happy and everyone was happy. And uh, it wasn't until later. And, and back then when I was bad and really stank, 
you know, a directive to work with me and make me better. And then I'll never forget the first time I wasn't, you know, such a big deal and I was doing a film and I stank as usual, especially when I first start, I'm horrible. Um, The... They said, okay, cut, moving on. I thought, wait a minute, doesn't anybody care? And that's when I learned that I have to be prepared and it's my responsibility. But that ignorance was such a blessing because you you just do things without thought, without any embarrassment, without... The pressures. Without overthinking it or pressure. Or I wasn't, I was never, I had never had stage fright until later. Huh. Well, and you've done so many things. Uh, I mean, going from then on, what? Uh, and I mean, obviously, one of the other favorites was uh, I know of Rises is Tommy Boy, of course. Um, yeah. She, she, yeah. She just loves that. I mean, you could talk about that, Riza. But uh, yeah, we we love watching just all that fun stuff. Um, but what is what is some of your favorite projects that you have worked on in the past? You know, I love Tommy Boy. And maybe you guys know because you're... Um, Maybe you, you've researched it. No, but I've never found out. I was actually in Hong Kong when I got a call with the offer to do that film. But I had to jump on a plane that night oh, and fly God. to Vancouver and shoot the next morning. So, And I'm wondering who bailed out. Oh. Because they were, they were already shooting. So I have no idea who bailed out or I don't who didn't know show up. One. But I was more than happy to jump on a plane and start shooting right away. I want to know what it was like to work with Chris Farley and David Spade. And I mean, those two together are hysterical. Were you just like in stitches when you were doing some of the scenes with them? Like, especially at the end with the bomb? Most (laughs) of the time, definitely. And then on, you know, behind the scenes too, they were funny. They were very close, very good friends. They were more like brothers right um, they fought a lot and pouted and didn't talk to each other and we all just thought it was hilarious and then they'd make up and it was they were that close and it was very sweet and um i've been lucky to work with a lot of comedy i think geniuses and it's it's a hard life it's a really hard profession. Mm-hmm. I I have respect for it because, you know, they, they need that magic to happen. And to me, it's one of the, the invisible ones. It, uh, what's funny and what translates to the screen is funny. And uh, I can, I, I will always appreciate a comedy that works more than the greatest drama because yeah. I think it's so much harder. You know, I I definitely agree with you on that because it's in order to be able to sell a gag or a joke, uh, the character needs to believe in it wholeheartedly as a character. And so Mm -hmm. in that kind of mindset, you have to you have to be able to sell it. You have to be able to, you know, as the character you're stepping into, you really need to be in full like this is really happening in my world. And, you know, it could be the silliest gag in the world, but to the character, it's it's real. And I think that just kind of helps sell comedy as well. Um, and the physical part of it. Oh, yeah. You know, there are so many physical gags. And as we all know, they they don't work most of the time. They're <laughs> overdone. And yeah. They're embarrassing. And so um, I, I found, you know, it, it's 
it's a tormented life. Well, and on top of it, in so many ways. Yeah, and you have to do it over and over again, take after take after yeah. take sometimes, and it it does it it wears you down. Yeah. So, yeah, you really have to trust. You really have to trust your director. Yeah, the, I it, think too. Well, who are, so you've worked with some amazing directors. Tell tell me about some of those experiences that you may have had that that really kind of helped you out along along your path. As I said, Blake Edwards is. Um, I mean, he at the time he was the most successful filmmaker of all time. Yeah. Um, and so you just show up to work, and if he likes what you do or helps you through the scene, you just feel great and have a good time. And when you leave the set, I, you know, as long as I knew my lines, that was my job. And I was young enough that um, my face sort of did what it did. I didn't have to worry about how I looked. Yeah. And uh, so I just had a great time in Mexico and then back. We did a lot of the interiors back here. Um, the, you know, my, my whole, I, I was working with Julie Andrews. We were never in a scene together, but that was the star for me. Oh was, yeah. You know, she was everything to me. I couldn't believe I was in her presence. And so you, and you, then, got, you got to meet her though, right? Even yeah, though you yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit. I got to know her pretty well. She's incredible. She's oh, an amazing nice. woman. Yeah. And, um, so that was, it was all just a fairy tale. And I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty accepting of those things. I just go along with them. What is, um, what is some of the different characteristics you look for when selecting a project? I mean, now, you know, back then versus now, or, you know, what, what is, what do you look for in something that you want to do? I haven't really had that kind of career <laughs> where I, there was a time when I did have choices. Yeah. Um, now I, I do almost anything that comes along, of course. Um, and there aren't very many of them. <laughs> well, thank, thank goodness. Thank goodness. I have, um, a certain stature in Europe. You know, I did an, an, a big Italian miniseries and I still get to work overseas. Um, and occasionally I do work here. I just did a fun, um, sweet movie with a Hallmark film that, uh, now with the virus, I have no idea when it's coming out, but it was John Voight and and James Caan and Terry Polo and Dylan Walsh. It was really fun. Oh, was, really? You know, to go back and work and be with a, a bunch of talented people like that. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that coming out. What's that one um, called? It's called JL Ranch 2. Okay. It's the second. But I'm um, back when I there was a time when I was the, not because of any design or hard work on my part where I was kind of the, the top at the top of my, my profession mm -hmm. and power in the industry. And I found it all a bit overwhelming and I wanted to run away that the lack of privacy the everyone had, you know, the people were coming in with suitcases full of cash to get me to sign to do this film, that film or or wow. promote this product or that product. It was very overwhelming. So um, I decided to produce myself, my own movies. And I'd had a little bit of experience in uh, sort of underground independent films. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, yeah. it's producing is producing. The budget was bigger, but the problems are the same. You have to give your director what he needs every day on the day and keep it in, under, on budget. So right. I made my own films. They weren't very good, but they were fun for me to make. 
I loved producing and uh, they were great adventures and everyone made money. So I don't feel that I abused anyone's faith. Well, um, it, it's the movie business. And it was you know, great. So. <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a business, yeah. a different business. Yeah. But I think it kept my sanity and it was fun and I enjoyed it. And yeah. Have you made those are my decisions. Here? Pardon me? Have you made anything here um, on the Central Coast? And You know, I produced uh, Shania Twain's first two music videos here. Really? My husband was in one of those music no. videos. No. Yeah. Um, the first one she did where she was filming at the Longhorn. Yes. Um, he was one of the, uh, like, you know, redneck boys that are sitting at the table. <laughs> at the table and... when she dances on the counter and everything. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, I have a he still has the autograph from her um that we have and he's like i i love shania twain yeah i, I might have some competition with her <laughs> <laughs> she's great though she's wonderful she's terrific yeah um they still have her picture up in the longhorn too yeah so that's that's awesome that you did that i didn't know that yeah i gave them she gave she sent me a you know mounted in a frame her platinum record Aww. um wow. on that and so I gave it to the Longhorn. It's up there. Oh, oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. That... Um, sorry. Go ahead, Daniel. No, no, no. I, I was just thinking, I'm like, you, you've you done like so much, like just in producing that. I, I mean, I had no idea. Um, it, it, it's like, uh, what am I trying to say? It's like your, 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 um, your scope of work is so incredibly varied. Like I, I don't think people realize that about you. Um, and, and that's just that to me, I'm, that's a lot of respect for you on that because it, it's hard. It's hard to, to, you know, when you're jumping from television to films, to music videos, there's, there's a lot of different nuances that you need to do for that. Um, how, do, how is that? For you know, you, for, for me, you? I have to, yeah, for me, I have to say that they were, Oh, this would be a fun thing to learn. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, when I went and produced my own films, for example, um, the first one was a Tarzan movie. And I'll never forget being at uh, Tadeo doing the score and the mixing and the post-production. And I was in the greatest on the greatest recording stage, yeah. mixing stage. And just learning every aspect of filmmaking. I was in the editing room. Um, all of it was just a new thing to learn and a new adventure and experience in a way. So a lot of times I would say basically every decision I made was a lot less money. Money was never what drove me right. um, or made my decisions. It was what sounded interesting to me and uh, so a music video here we go again this is a new world it's something new I can learn and uh, I'm a pretty good study in that I I have no I didn't finish high school I went off to make a movie in Greece when I was 16 years old so uh, (laughs) you know I was I was in LA City schools in a really rough school and uh, I was 16 and and I was offered a film in Greece and it took me about How do you not take ten, that? 10 seconds to make. They said, oh, but you'll have to leave school. And that took about 10 seconds to decide <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, the, 
I can't say I ever had a, a plan. I always felt, I still feel I, I mean, I didn't deserve any of what I got from the industry, but I tried to make the best of it. And I always treated it with great respect and I worked hard. Wow. Yeah. No. Um, I, I also, I, and one of the other questions is that I, I wanted to ask you was that, and now you're, you're here living on the central coast. What do you, what do you like to do? I, I mean, obviously you still kind of, you got back into the acting with that, that new Hallmark movie, um, which they actually did a, a, a Christmas movie in solving <laughs> recently. They, they came up and shot, it's called a Christmas in solving and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. so what, what do you, what do you, what do you like to do? I mean, what, what do you do nowadays? I've been here 40 years. Wow. Um, right after 10, I took all the money I made on that movie and put it on a down payment on a house up here. What what drew, um, what drew you up here? It was beautiful. There was a time with my husband, John Derrick, we were, you know, I was very young when we were together. So he was able to live that fantasy of sell everything and let's go live in a van and travel the world. Yeah. Um, and I was young, so I was game. <laughs> I didn't mind. Yeah. And, uh, it was, we, for a year and a half, we traveled all over Europe, all over the United States. It was wow. really fun. And we used to, you know, if you're in LA and you go North, we used to come through 154 and through Solvang. And, uh, we always thought this would be, my husband had, had ranches and was a great horseman. So we always said this would be a great place to live and have horses. And so the first time we made any money we bought up here and figured we'll figure out how to buy the rest of it eventually but you know my it was right after 10 so it looked yeah. like i would be able to make to pay for the house <laughs> <laughs> very nice um, aside from your acting career you have uh, a passion for animals and a passion for veterans um with memorial day coming up um, I know you've you've been an honorary Green Beret, but I mean, what does that mean to you um, to help veterans and disabled veterans? It was a time um, for me that, again, a, just an incredibly moving time and experience for me. I um, I these are things that I wish I had done earlier. Mm. Um, when I, I, when I had more to give, um, I went, it was, uh, 2001, I went on my first USO tour right after 9-11. So it was incredibly meaningful and moving and, wow. and to, you know, we were in Bosnia and, and, uh, to, to be around these young men and women who decide to serve when. I grew up, you know, worrying about waves and mm -hmm. what the surf was going to be like. Right. And I, I went off and started in movies and never did I ever even consider serving. Although all the men in my life, my father, grandfather, they were all um, military. Hmm. Um, it, so being around them at such a meaningful time uh, was so moving. And then... Through that, I started working with disabled veterans, and I ended up being the chairperson of all the 
veterans administrations, all their rehabilitation events. So the ski clinic, the right. the summer games, the you know, winter games, all of them. And I did that for eight years. It was wow. fantastic. I loved it. I loved getting to know all of them. You know, when I started in 1980, there was actually up in Snowmass, Colorado, there was actually a World War One vet still alive wow. that came to the events. Yeah. That's amazing. So it was, it was, yeah, it was. And I, I love getting to know the military that way. Um, I don't do it anymore. I'm not relevant um, anymore for the for the servicemen and women. Um, but if ever I'm asked to do anything, of course I do. But wow, you know that's a that's a, a baton you're happy to pass on to someone <laughs> yeah. more more age appropriate. <laughs> Um, so with that baton, then you became interested in your animals and doing, you know, volunteer work with animals and giving to different societies. And then you created your own pet care line. How is that going? It's going well. Um, it's, you know, it's a small family business, but I love it. I love, you know, people are so kind and they love the products and, um, we support military working dogs, their retirement, so that, you know, I give away more product than I sell, I think. But it's really, it's it's a fun uh, thing to do. That's, you know, one thing that when you become famous is it's it's strange that you'll be sitting next to someone, usually at a dinner or in a meeting, and it's someone you admire the work they do, and then they say, will you help? And it's a it's a great honor and you're only, you're so happy to do it. So I got involved with um, a group wild aid that um, works on reducing the demand on wildlife products and wildlife trafficking, which ended up putting me at the state department being sworn in as special envoy on wildlife trafficking wow. and just all these interests that, I have all of a sudden I'm right in the middle or at the top working with the top people. And, uh, it's just, I'm so happy to help them. That's amazing. That that's a great story. I, I, I love all the work you do. Uh, it, yeah. it really is amazing. Um, and yeah. And again, just to have your, your small humble beginnings, but you're now able to do all these things for good. I mean, that alone is doing so much more than what, you know, anybody, you know, most people can do. I mean, I think what you're helping do is also kind of elevate what people can do um, to help others, to help animals, to, you know, get out there and and do things. So um, to me, you're still relevant in that aspect where where you're, you're still inspiring people to do that. So keep going, Bo. I I, I applaud you all the way on that one. So thank you so much for all, all your work on that. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure, truly. Yeah. Well, um, I, I I'm still speechless that I'm I, that we're, you're here talking with us. I mean I we're, I'm so so happy you're here. Uh, we could talk about you know your co-stars and and, and your works for for hours, but uh, I know you've got a life and you're 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 busy. <laughs> you're you're still busy. But um, again, I just want to say thank you so much for for coming on the podcast and and uh, you know we 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 love you. We lo- love you being on the show, and um, I just want to say thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Uh, you're, you're you are an inspiration to everybody. So thank you again. Well, thank you, and thank you for for what you do and keeping. Uh, this industry and our art, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a global industry. Yeah. And uh, it comes from, most of the talent comes from 
smaller communities. So thank you for keeping it alive. Of course. Yeah. And, and you know, that's what we, we consider the central coast is Hollywood's backyard. You know, we're, we're that yeah. kind of little, we're, we're not Hollywood. We're just far enough away, <laughs> but you know, we're, we're still close enough where we can be connected and there's so much talent out here. And, and I think that what you're helping us, you know, our mission to do is, is just get that voice out there and let people know mm-hmm. that it's still possible. You can still do it. You don't have to be down there. You can still do with, with technology in today's world, you know, the way the movies are made, um, things that can be done anywhere from, from, you know, basically your home with, with phones. Yes. And, and, yes. It, it's, and it, it is, it's being done all over now. Yeah. It's Hollywood is, it's the industry, but it's not really the place anymore. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. Great way to put it. Well, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on our podcast and, um, you know, telling us about your, your, your life and um and all the work that you do it's it is inspiring um you know just knowing that people of all walks of life can do something and make a difference yeah i think we all can yeah yeah very good um how have you been uh i one last question and that's how have you been um you know experiencing this covid um are you are you watching movies yourself what are you watching um how are you keeping yourself busy you know i i i live in this beautiful we all live in this beautiful area and it's it's honestly it's an embarrassment of riches here um i have dogs i have horses and not that much has changed because i take care of them myself anyway um, and so my daily routine is the same. Mm-hmm. I miss friends. My family all lives up here too. So I miss seeing them, but I'm taking it very seriously. And I feel lucky that I have a great place and, and I, that I have animals and it, it I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not Good. that much has changed. Yeah. My, my life is always when I work, I'm away from home for weeks or months at a time. So this is always the place I want to be. Yeah. And um, so and now I'm here and nobody's going to make me go away. <laughs> so that's good. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, Bo, thank you so much and stay safe. And I uh, hope to talk to you again soon with, uh, you know, we've got lots of projects that are coming up in, in the near future. So hope to have you a okay. part of it in some time. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Bo. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that that was incredible to hear. Thanks again, Bo, so much. Um, so before we wrap up, you may be aware that our current line of events are, are either postponed or canceled, of course, of all this uh, hoopla going on out there. But plans are still going ahead for the Central Coast Film Festival, which we're hoping to have have happen later this year. Um, we're just trying to look to see what is the safest and best experience to show all the films. In the meantime, we'll be uh, keeping making these episodes of Take 18 for you. So make sure you reach out with any questions or comments you want to know. Um, and uh, let me know if you have anybody you want to be on the show uh, or any movies you want me to talk about. Happy to do that. Just uh, comment down below. You'll see in the notes we have links there. You could leave a voicemail or a uh, uh, message as well so anything you can do will help again uh, the link is right there in the show notes below 
And that's a wrap on this edition of Take 18. And what a what a take this has been. Um, this has been a production of the Central Coast Film Society. We are a 501c3 organization. Couldn't make this show or anything we do uh, without your generous support. So thank you very much. Um, if you want to help make a difference, please consider making a donation or purchasing a membership or just simply come to one of our events whenever we do have events. Because <laughs> right now we are literally just making all the show from home. In fact, I have a special guest here who has just come in to say hi say hi hi that's amelia amelia say hi Hi. (laughs) my four-year-old daughter coming into the show so again thank you guys we do this for fun we do this for uh everybody out here (laughs) um i i just want to say thank you again to Bo and riza for coming out uh if of course you want to find out more information please just go to the uh, uh our social media as well and you can find us there Go to the www.centralcoastfilmsociety.org. All that's listed there below. So, again, thank you for listening all the way through. Make sure you subscribe, uh, share with everyone. That's an easy way to help us is just one click and share it. Bye. (laughs) Okay. You want to say goodbye? Bye. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much uh, and for all your support and hope you enjoyed this episode. That's a take. Can you say that? That's a take. That's a take.